the mountain, abandon all hope. Kentucky, 1983, part one. The heavy iron door clanged open with a bang, and a very large deputy filled the doorway with his immense bulk, leveling his 12-gauge Mossberg riot shotgun straight at Roman's face. At the top of the morning to you, Roman quipped, and at once regretted his smart-ass remark. The deputy might have been an overweight-looking slob not capable of tying his own shoes. Probably why they all wear boots, Roman mused. But this fat cat had a brief demonstration for Roman. The deputy's swiftness in striking Roman with the butt of his Mossberg straight to his gut not only surprised Roman, well, not really. After all, hadn't he asked for it, but impressed Roman at the same time. The fat fuck was fast as shit, doling out pain, Roman thought. Hell, he ought to know. He'd been beaten, punched, and struck by some of the best in the biz. Law enforcement, crazy escapees, hardcore criminals. You name it, and Romans probably had the shit kicked out of him by it. Roman slowly stood up holding his midsection, trying his best not to throw up on the guy, no doubt inciting more of the large man's wrath. Roman hadn't slept during the night. His nerves were raw from just playing out every unthinkable scenario that awaited him. It was just after midnight. The deputy standing before him glaring with such intensity that Roman was afraid he was going to be beaten again. The deputy handed him a garbage bag. Put all your shit in it and hurry up, smartass, said the big man. Another deputy suddenly appeared, holding chains and shackles in his hands. The big man moved aside with his 12-gauge at the ready, as if at any moment Roman might make a run for it. Fair play. He had before. The other deputy was attaching the shackles around his ankles and threading a chain up to his wrist and around his waist. Note to self, if you act like a dangerous criminal, then you're going to be treated as one. Deputies finished chaining their prisoner up like a modern-day Harry Houdini. With a nudge from the Mossberg, Roman was shuffled out of his holding cell into the brightly lit hallway, where the deputies handcuffed and shackled the other dozen or so convicted felons together in one long line. The deputies used the barrel end of their shotguns to prod along their charges straight down the corridor, out of the jail, out into the cold, early morning darkness to board the Bluebird Express, the last bus most of them would ever take anywhere. Roman fell trying to climb up the first step of the prison transport bus. Shuffling was about all he could manage in his shackled state. 
He tried not to smile as he pondered his situation. Here he was, being transported to a maximum security facility in the misty hills of Kentucky. And in the first act, he accidentally trips up a freshly convicted cop killer in front of him and falls back into a three-time loser violated parolee with a life sentence. (sighs) Roman silently promises himself if he somehow manages to survive the next 24 hours, he ought to check out Dale Carnegie's book on how to win friends and influence people from the prison library. Such an auspicious start to his 16-year sentence in one of the country's most notorious supermax prisons. Somehow, Roman managed to defy gravity, and he remained standing upright as he quickly mastered the convict bunny hop going down the aisle of the bus. Once the prisoners were all situated on the bus with their seats placed strategically throughout, handcuffed and shackled to the steel bar in front of every seat, a thick mesh scr- a thick mesh screen dividing Roman from the seat in front and back. The soft cushions had been replaced by hard plastic, and the windows were covered with that same steel mesh screen. Roman read the white placard signs with red lettering that dotted the interior. Do not attempt to remove your handcuffs or you will be shot. No fighting or you will be shot. And then his favorite. Do not assault the guards or you will be killed. After contemplating all the different ways for him to get shot, Roman glanced around at his fellow passengers, wary not to make eye contact with any of them. It's a surprising fact just how many incarcerated people die every day by not adhering to this simple rule. One would be hard-pressed to find a more motley crew of convicted felons gathered together. Murderers, rapists, robbers, and your general ne'er-do-well thrown in for good measure. Roman looked down at his hands and his feet shackled to the steel bar, and then out through the window into the night as the Bluebird Express chugged along in the darkness. The twisty, turning mountain road. It didn't matter that he could barely see through the window or not. As the rain began to pelt the bus, he kept staring out the window. How the hell am I supposed to survive this? Roman contemplated. Roman had spent the last year crammed into a windowless box awaiting trial. After his escape, justice came swiftly and unmercifully, a week to the day. The bus, the Bluebird Express, bounced along the pothole-infested road, swaying from side to side. Roman closed his eyes and listened to the sounds of chains rattling, the low voices of men resigned to their fate. Like some giant beetle crawling through the night, 
with its powerful high beams as eyes cutting through the darkness. The Bluebird Express slowly makes its way up treacherous mountain road. Roman's fear is very real now. Like a snake coiling up inside his stomach. It's growing, choking him. As the rain started to let up, Roman could feel the engine of the old bus train, its gears gnashing. Roman estimated they'd probably been on the road for just over three hours. And the fog was rolling in. It covered the road, everything, enveloping all in its path. Roman just smiled. Of course, what could be more fitting for this moment than rain, some fog, perhaps a full moon might make an appearance and illuminate the prison as we make our ascent. Maybe a coyote will howl upon our arrival. He laughed at his own stupid thoughts. But as it turned out, there was no need for the moonlight as the twisting mountain road rounded a bend and there on top Roman could see in all its glory lit by million watt candela lights it turned the darkness into day no matter how many stories he had been told no matter how many times he had played this scenario out in his mind, nothing, nothing could prepare him for the first time it came into view. It rose up larger than Roman could ever imagine, a great hulking fortress, the castle, menacing and its appearance certainly medieval all those turrets and embankments it was built in 1810 from hand carved granite blocks by Italian masons with the labor supplied by the inmates they hauled every piece out of the quarry right on the property the prison nicknamed the castle was used during the Civil War to house dishonorable Confederate soldiers. Murderers and horse thieves were hung in the middle of the yard, surrounded by a wall four feet thick, solid granite that stood 25 feet tall. It's not that bad, Fish. Roman didn't know what it was that had tipped off the old con across the aisle from where he was. But the Khan had obviously seen through his stoic demeanor, and try as he might, Roman could not disguise the feeling of fear that first glance of the castle born inside of him. No, was all Roman could say. Just keep to your own. Remember what you learned in kindergarten and you'll be all right. What? Roman asked, not sure he had understood. What was he saying about kindergarten? One of the other prisoners had been observing Roman's reaction and evidently was trying to reassure him. 
Nah, it's not that bad, said another con behind Roman. It's worse. Welcome to the castle, boys, one of the guards shouted out as it came into full view in all its glory. Roman's stomach had grown cold as a stone. He couldn't tear his eyes away from the medieval structure. The gravity of his situation sunk like a stone deeper and deeper into this bottomless pit of fear. feeling of dread came over Roman. He just knew, he knew he would surely die in a place like this. As the Bluebird Express rolled up to the massive black iron gate, Roman's eyes were drawn to the wrought iron cursive script above the entrance. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Day one. After the guards took all the prisoners off the bus, they were led into they were led single file through the great steel door of painted green, down a hallway, void of any reminders of the warm, comforting world they had just left. The lighting made the walls appear green and cold. Roman shuffled past a window lined with steel reinforced wires and on the other side were faces staring back at him with eyes naked with hunger, desperate for something they might offer up. The cement floor had a painted yellow line running down the center and they were told, the prisoners were told to stay on it a loud buzzing sound followed by clicks of a tumbler. Then another steel door opened and Roman was pushed into a chamber as enormous as a basketball gymnasium. The windows in this room were only at the very top, 50 feet from the cement floor that was painted with rows upon rows of yellow lines. And one by one, Roman and the other convicts were unshackled and they took their place, each an arm's length from the other. This was the reception room of the castle, where all the cons are stripped down naked. One by one, the guards would take each convict over to the wall where the floor dipped just a bit and there was a large drain to catch the water from the hoses. Roman was third in line when he was told to walk to the wall. He couldn't help it but feel as if he were walking in front of his own firing squad, aware of all the eyes watching, just as he had done only minutes earlier. Now... They were all trained on Roman. He stood there, buck-naked, vulnerable in the glaring lights 
as the guards poked and prodded his body, searching for any contraband. The guards' fingers went over every square inch of his skin. Roman tried not to seem too bothered by the whole ordeal, as if he had gone through this a million times before. No big deal. Roman kept his composure all the way up to the point until one of the guards pushed his big fat finger so far up Roman's ass he let out an uncontrollable gasp (gasps) which brought forth a chuckle from the other guards and some of the cons then Roman was given a bar of lye soap and sprayed with a water hose he was ordered to wash and then one of the guards walked up and threw white powder all over him from head to toe. Later, Roman learned this was to kill any lice or other critters that might be that he might have brought into the prison. By this point, not only was he stripped of any clothing, but any shred of dignity or thought as to what he used to be on the outside before now it was made clear what he was going to be now he was subhuman a number and nothing more Roman stood there dripping cold, deloused and eagerly awaiting the bundle of his clothes some dark blue trousers and then a lighter blue denim like material for a shirt with his new name stitched above the right pocket. Number 91158 was Romans. Thank you for listening to Shadow Life, The Roman Files. And if you'd like to help support this podcast, please consider clicking on the support the show button and make a small donation. A portion of the proceeds will go to those in need of mental health services like the Trevor Project and Brain and Behavioral Research Foundation. Oh,